We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. Senator Rand Paul was allegedly assaulted at We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. The coronavirus. There are fears a rapidly spreading virus has reached Australia. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go, Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you in banned from entering the country. Christmas Island declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. So we're going to start where the story broke over at Politico for its exclusive. Supreme Court has voted to overturn abortion rights. Draft opinion shows, quote, we hold that Roe v. Casey must be overruled. Justice Alito writes in its initial majority draft circulated inside the courts. This article is by Josh Gerstein and Alexander Ward, published April. No, wow, it's May already. Published May 2nd, 2022. I cannot believe it's May already. Now, I'm going to go into a little bit of opinion here first to start with. Roe v. Wade was an unconstitutional ruling to begin with. It gave the federal it gave the federal jurisdiction, right? It gave the feds the power to rule a blanket ruling that affects all states equally. When this is something that was left purposely for the Tenth Amendment to be ruled through the states. This isn't a federal issue. You want as little Fed intervention in your medical life as possible. You know, we don't want them mandating vaccines. We don't want them mandating one way or another on abortion. That needs to be a state-by-state basis. Uh, The federal involvement in it, just like federal involvement in just about anything, it always leads to a much bigger bureaucratic mess. And ultimately becomes a tribal issue, like anything that goes through the federal government. But enough of my rambling. Let's get into this article. The Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision, according to an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito, circulated inside the court and obtained by Politico. 
Now, mind you, this was obtained through a first-of-its-kind leak. We've never we've had a leak from just about every other branch of the government, even elite secretive organizations like the Pentagon, the FBI, the CIA, and other smaller branches that work deeper inside the state, operating you know, under that veil of, of absolute secrecy. Now, we've had leaks from every single government branch, essentially, except for the Supreme Court. This is a first of its kind, history groundbreaking setting over one of the most hotly debated topics in modern American history. Now, abortion has been one of those topics that has always divided the right and the left, and it used to be a lot simpler of an argument, at least speaking from a first-hand perspective as someone who grew up in a family that was very pro-life and was very active in different protests. It used to be, you know, you could get religious people, you get, like, Democrat Christians, you get, like, Democrat, Catholics, so on and so forth, who would be like, no, you know, this is, you know, I'm pro-life, I may vote for the Democrats, but this is a stance that I don't align with them on, so I'm going to take part in the pro-life march. Used to have a lot more of that, now it's such a divided topic, you know, we treat the life of a kid in this country like it's a team sport topic, you know, throw the ball to the left, the left says, uh, you know, we want it to be treated as contraceptive, throw it to the right, the right says we need a blanket ban on everything, when... This is one of those things that's a very great topic. You know, you can't have an all-out ban, and you can't have an all-out allowance of it. It's a, it's a really fucked-up situation. That's why I've always said, or at least I've said a few times on this show, that I think abortion is one of those topics that could lead to a civil war in this country because much like slavery, it's a moral difference. Back in the day, you know, you could have Democrats on the right and the left, or sorry, you could have uh, religious people on the right and the left come together on the pro-life stance. Now it's so divided, you you really can't get that. And I kind of miss the old days where it was actually people arguing like, well, what about, you know, incest? What about rape? What about, you know, uh, drunken decisions at a party? Now it's, you want to stop me from having the right to get an abortion whenever I see it, or whenever I want it. And I know that's a straw man argument, but it's something you actively see argued and pushed and... Again, I, I, I hate to find myself constantly standing with the right on a lot of topics, but this is another one of those ones where it's like, yeah, you know, safe, legal, and rare. That's not a, a right decision on that. That's It was center, and now it's considered a, a, a right-wing stance, and I, I find that kind of funny. But uh, let's get back into the article. The draft opinion is a full-throated, unflinching, repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights and a subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that largely maintained the right, quote, Roe was ingraciously wrong from the start, Alito writes. Quote, we hold that Roe, v. Roe and Casey must be overruled, he writes in his documents, labeled as the, quote, opinion of the court. Quote, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortions to the people's elected representatives. I couldn't agree more. Now, you will be able to find a full audiobook version of this document on this podcast, hopefully up by tomorrow before 5. 
Um, but that will be up and I'll add it to the description of this podcast when it goes live. Deliberations on the controversial case have in the past been fluid. Justices can and sometimes do change their vote as drafted opinions circulate, and major decisions can be subject to multiple drafts and vote trading. Sometimes, until just days before the decision is unveiled, the court's holdings will not be final until it is published, likely in the next two months. The immediate impact of the ruling as drafted in February would be to end a half-century guarantee of federal constitutional protection of abortion rights and allow each state to decide whether to restrict or ban abortion. It's unclear if there have been any subsequent changes to the draft. No draft decision in the modern history of the court has been disclosed publicly while a case was still pending. The unprecedented revelations is bound to intensify the debate over what was already the most controversial case on the docket this term. The draft opinion offers an extraordinary window into the justices' deliberations in one of the most consequential cases before the court in the last five decades. Some court watchers predicted that the con- <clears throat> that the conservative majority would slice away at abortion rights without flatly overturning the 49-year-old precedent. The draft shows the court is looking to reject Roe's logic and legal protections. Quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exponentially weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences as far as bringing about the national settlement of the abortion issue. Roe and Casey have inflamed the debate and deepened the division. The quotes from Justice Samuel Alito in an initial draft majority opinion. A person familiar with the court's deliberation said that four of the other Republican-appointed judges, Clarence Thomas, Neil Groshek, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, had voted with Alito in conference, in a conference held among the justices after hearing oral arguments in December, and that lineup remains unchanged as of this week. The three Democratic-appointed justices, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Alina Keegan, are working on one or more dissents, according to the person, how Chief Justice John Roberts will ultimately vote, and whether he will join an already written opinion or draft his own is unclear. The document labeled as a first draft of the majority opinion includes a notation that it was circulated among the justices on February 10th. If the Alito draft is adopted, it would rule in favor of Mississippi in a closely watched case over the state's attempt to ban most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. On Tuesday, after this article was published, Roberts confirmed that the authenticity of the draft and said he was ordering an investigation into the disclosure. It was a leak. Uh, You will notice that Politico has done everything it could to dance around saying it was a leak. It was obtained here. A person familiar with the justices here. Politico has done everything in their ability to say this was not a leak. Or to at least draw you away from thinking it was leaked out. But now, you know, it, it's confirmed later on. I'm a little late to this party. 
we know that it was leaked. But I always just like to go over the the language and the way that these articles are written and the way they use words. <laughs> now we're going to go into what Roberts and other justices are saying about this obtained material. And you telling me this doesn't sound like a leak. Quote, To the extent this betrayal of the confidence of the court was intended to undermine the integrity of our operations, it was it will not succeed. The works of the court will not be affected in any way, Roberts pledged in a written statement. Quote, This was a singular and egregious breach of that trust that is an affront to the courts and the community of public servants who work here, end quote. Robert also stressed that the draft opinion, quote, does not represent a decision by the courts or the final position of any member on the issue in the case, end quote. The court spokesperson had declined to comment pre-publication. Now, Politico had this as an exclusive meaning political was the first place to write about this obtain the material and release it i find it funny that the way it's written is doing everything it can to avoid making anybody think that this was leaked or obtained through unethical means which it clearly was i just i know i'm being a dead horse at this point but it's always worth pointing out Politico received a copy of the draft opinion from a person familiar with the court's proceedings in Mississippi case, along with other details supporting the authenticity of the document. The draft opinion runs at 98 pages long, including a 31-page appendix of historical state abortion laws. The document is replete with with citations to previous court decisions, books, and other authorities and includes 118 footnotes the appearance and timing of this draft are consistent with court practices you like how they make we obtained leaked material unethically sound so nice and like above board when it's like the most under the table sketchy backdoor two dudes in a trench coat doing a briefcase trade-off shit ever the disclosure of alito's draft majority opinion are a rare breach of supreme court secrecy it's the first of its kind ever you know what the closest breach of, of uh well aside from the uh that violent group of feminists who violently broke into and in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, that magical word, uh, insurrection. Yeah, the feminist insurrection of the Supreme Court building when Kavanaugh was being sworn in. The only thing we've seen close to a, a, a breach of secrecy from the Supreme Court before that was a lady who snuck her phone into her cast and took a picture of the inside of the Supreme Court. You can find that picture on Google. Uh, I can't remember what years it was. I'm not going to pretend to. I think it's sometime in like uh, early 90s, late 90s. It's an old phone or maybe it was just an old camera. But either way, we got a picture out, out of the inside of the Supreme Court. And that was the the biggest national scandalous leak we had. We've never had a document this sensitive come out of the Supreme Court ever. This is the first of its kind. So it's sitting here saying... A rare breach is sort of comical in many ways, but let's get back into it. A rare breach of Supreme Court secrecy and tradition around its deliberations comes as all sides in the abortion debate are grinding for the ruling. Speculation about the looming decision has been intense since December 
oral arguments indicated a majority was inclined to support the Mississippi law. Under long-standing court procedures, justices hold preliminary votes on cases shortly after arguments are assigned a member of the majority to write a draft of the court's opinions. The draft is often amended in consultation with other justices. And in some cases, the justices change their votes altogether, creating the possibility that the current alignment on the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization could change. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that later. The Chief Justice typically assigns the majority opinions when he is in the majority. When he is not, that decision is typically made by the most senior justice in the majority. Exceptionally weak is how we start the next part of this political article. A George W. Bush appointee who joined the court in 2006, Alito argues that the 1973 abortion rights ruling was ill-conceived and deeply flawed, a decision that invented a right mentioned nowhere in the Constitution and unwisely sought to wretch the consciousness issue away from the political branches of the government. Alito's draft ruling would overturn a decision by New Orleans-based Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that found Mississippi law ran a foul Supreme Court uh, precedent by seeking to effectively ban abortions before viability. Roe, quote, survey of history range from the constitutionality irrelevant to the plainly incorrect auto Alito continues, adding its reasoning was, quote, exceptionally weak, and the original decision had, quote, damaging consequences, end quote. Quote, the inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions, Alito writes. Alito approvingly quotes a broad range of critics of the Roe decision, He also points to liberal icons such as the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Harvard Law Professor Lawrence Tribe, who at certain points in their careers took issues with the reasoning in a row or its impact on the political process. Alito's skewering of Roe and the endorsement of at least four other justices for that Unsparring critique is also a measure of the court's rightward turn in recent decades. Roe was decided 7-2 in 1973, with five Republican appointees joining the two justices nominated by the Democratic presidents. The overturning of Roe would almost immediately lead to stricter limits on abortion access in large swaths of South and Midwest, with about half of the states set to immediately impose broad abortion bans, any state could still legally allow the procedure. And that's the thing they're trying to really obfuscate and scare you with here. This doesn't make it 
more strict or hard for anybody to obtain abortion. This makes it so a state could choose, like right now, Michigan could vote to keep abortions legal, and Illinois could vote to make abortions illegal, or uh, oh, you know, whatever. Michigan could choose to keep abortions legal, and Illinois could choose to keep abortions illegal. You know that that's all it does. Is it just allows people to allow states to individually set the rules, guidelines, and boundaries based on a democratic voting process when it comes to things like this. The Tenth Amendment very clearly states that this is what we're supposed to do with decisions like this. If it's not clearly defined in the Constitution, then it falls to the state's decisions to dis- to decide upon this decision for which will best impact or less negatively impact their state. <clears throat> Quote, the Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortions. The draft concludes, quote, Roe and Casey aggregated that authority. We are now, we now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives, end quote. Now, what's so bad about that? The draft contains the type of caustic rhetorical flourishes Alito is known for interesting and that has caused Roberts his fellow Bush appointee some discomfort in the past at times Alito's draft opinions take an almost mocking tone as it skewers the majority opinion in Roe written by Justice Harry Blackmum a Richard Nixon appointee who died in 1999 quote Roe expressed the feeling that the 14th Amendment was the provision that did the work, but its message seemed to be that the abortion right could be found somewhere in the Constitution, and that specifying its exact location was not paramount importance, Alito writes. Alito declares that one of the central tenets of Roe was viability distinction between fetus not capable of living outside the womb and those which can makes no sense end quote the several passages in several passages he describes doctors and nurses who terminated pregnancies as abortionists when roberts voted with liberal justices in 2020 to block a louisiana law imposing heavier regulations on abortion clinics his solo concurrence used the more neutral term abortion providers in contrast. Justice Clarence Thomas used the word abortionist 25 times in a solo dissent in the same case. Alito's use of the phrase, quote, grossly wrong to describe Roe Echo's language, Mississippi. Alito's use of the phrase, egregiously wrong, end quote, to describe Roe Echo's language, Mississippi. Solicitor General Scott Stewart used in December to defend his state ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The phrase was also contained in an opinion Kavanaugh wrote as part of the 2020 ruling that jury convictions in criminal cases must be unanimous. In that opinion, Kavanaugh labeled two well-known Supreme Court decisions quote, egregiously wrong when decided, the 1944 ruling upholding the detention of Javanese Americans during World War II, uh, Kriyamasu versus United States, 
and the 1896 decision that blessed racial segregation under the rubric of, quote, separate but equal, Plesley versus Ferguson. The High Court has never formally overturned Korematsu, but did repudiate the decision in a 2008-18 ruling by Roberts that upheld then-President Donald Trump's travel ban policy. <sighs> and now we go into the history of some of various cases that are more or less used as red herrings to distract from what's going on with this case. This whole article will be in the description of this podcast if you'd like to go read the rest of it. But with how long this article is already running, we have to move on to the next articles for time limitations. But I do encourage you to go read the rest of this political argument or uh, politico argument. <sighs> politico article. We now go to the Washington Examiner for the follow-up article. What we know about the Supreme Court draft leak investigation by Kayleen Deese, breaking news reporter with the Washington Examiner. Chief Justice John Roberts called on the recently appointed Supreme Court Marshal uh, Colonel Gail A. Curley to investigate the leak of a draft opinion in an abortion case before the high court. Best known as the person who announces the entrance of justice each session, which are the words, oys, 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 end quote. Curley is now given the high-priority task of investigating the leak of a draft opinion in Dobbs v. Women's Health Organization. The draft decision, authored by Justice Samuel Alito, signals justices are prepared to return the question of abortion's legality over the states. Appointed as the High Court's 11th Marshal on May 3, 2021, Curley's key responsibilities include maintaining the court building, notifying attorneys of their time limits, and keeping time during argument sessions. As Marshal Colonel Curley will serve as the court's chief security officer, facilities administrator, and contracting executive, quote, there are certain agencies where disclosure of confidential information is actually a crime like national security information, but I'm not aware of anything like that in the Supreme Court in terms of disclosing confidential information, end quote, said Omar Oko, an attorney based in Edinburgh, Texas. Curley's background includes a stint as a staff judge advocate at the headquarters of U.S. Army Europe in Wesden. Germany between 2016 and 2019. She was also a senior U.S. Army attorney and has supervised more than 300 legal professionals. The Washington Examiner contacted the DOJ and the Supreme Court Public Information Office for more details regarding the investigation. And that brings us to the end of this article from the Washington Examiner. Again, what we know about the Supreme Court draft leak investigation by Kayleen Deese the break news reporter with the Washington Examiner. We have one more article to get into before I get into my opinions on this topic. 
and wrap up the first episode for today. We now go to Town Hall for our next article. Former AG Bill Barr suggests the special counsel and grand jury to probe SCOTUS leak by Spencer Brown at It's Spencer Brown on Twitter. In a Tuesday interview on the Megyn Kelly podcast, twice former United States Attorney General Bill Barr responded to the unprecedented leak of a Supreme Court decision draft authored by Justice Samuel Alito that would appeal Roe v. Wade if the draft represents a court's final decision. Kelly asked Barr for his thoughts on Chief Justice John Roberts' decision to direct the marshal of the court to investigate the leak, and Barr suggested the marshal's investigation may not be the only avenue that that will be used to track down the party or parties responsible for breaching the integrity of the Supreme Court. Again, we've never seen a leak like this. Ever. From the Supreme Court. We've never seen a leak, period, from the Supreme Court, other than a picture here and a couple other videos snatched here and there by people sneaking cameras in. This is a monumental breach of one of America's oldest and strongest institutes also showing the wear and tear of the structure we have in this country i'm saying these monolithic government bodies are, are starting to show their stress and stretch marks on the sides of these buildings metaphorically speaking the decay is only going to get further and further as these government bodies get older and older just unfortunately it seems like the wear and tear and stress on these institutes are starting to show more and more in this current timeline when people are less interested in dealing with problems like this quote the chief would have had the option perhaps he still will to appoint a council or noted quote a special council not in the classical criminal sense but the court can appoint a council and bring in a former u.s attorney or someone with a law background he added before leading credence to other rumblings about a federal investigation saying he's sure Roberts would quote get the support he needed from the FBI or any other law enforcement agency end quote yes because we know how traditionally well it turns out when we rely on the government to investigate itself Kelly asked whether Barr thought an investigation would be able to identify the identify and confirm the leaker which Barr suggested quote they may need a grand jury to do that, which would mean a criminal case to compel the truth, end quote. The need to compel truthfulness, as Barr explained, is because perhaps individuals being questioned would lie to the marshal, but not a prosecutor. The crime then at issue, Barr suggested, quote, could be obstructing the administration of justice and a due process of justice, he explained, quote, obstruction means you're attempting to influence through some kind of wrongdoing. I don't think it's a stretch, Barr said, of the obstruction charge. In general, Barr said the leak from the Supreme Court left him, quote, flabbergasted. Continuing, Barr lamented the fact that, quote, our institutions have become increasingly politicized, but said he, quote, never imagined this could happen to the Supreme Court, which has always protected its confidentiality. For someone to let this out in order to influence the final decision is really beyond the pale, Barr added. And that is the end of this article. We now get into one more 
before we get into my final opinions on this topic. Now, the last article we get into is more going to be leading into my opinions on this. We have seen... Honestly, it was kind of coordinated, it seems. Within a matter of, like, what was like an hour and a half after the leaks went public, there was people outside the Supreme Court with hangers and signs and matching t-shirts and matching political slogans on their outfits, hats, signs, pins, everything. It was all so coordinated, right? The leak goes out and also all these people just happen to show up all outside the Supreme Court. And we've seen protesting, screaming, chanting, threats of going into the Supreme Court. Eh, typical crazy shit you expect to see from these kinds of events. Now, I have said before, I think abortion rights is one of the things that could lead to a real hot American Civil War. And this next article I'm going to go into is kind of going to you know, lean into that. Because it's not just outside the Supreme Court where we're seeing this. There are riots picking up all across this country right now because of the Supreme Court leak. People are actively going out, throwing shit, breaking windows, attacking passerbys, assaulting cops, so on and so forth. This is already causing kinetic conflict in the streets. You know, I, I think for the last year or so, uh, the writing's been on the wall, but... It has seemed over the last five years or so that this, that an idea of a second civil war in this country has just been around the corner, with little little Jenga blocks being pulled out here. You know, it's kerplunk. You've ever played that game. You know, you got that long cylindrical tube. You got all the straws going through with all like the marbles that pop, and one pull out one straw at a time, and a marble could fall. You pull out the wrong one, all the marbles fall at once and hit the ground, and everything comes crashing down. It just seems like over the last five years or so, we've seen one thing pulled out at a time. You could even argue this all started back at Wall Street when people first started rising up. And that started in 2012. And then about a year and a half after that, you know, you started the origins of Gamergate and Pizzagate and all that stuff was closely followed. So I would, you know, this has been a heap of sand in the pile. Just one drop on the heap. Getting bigger and bigger by the day. And with this causing kinetic conflict, I mean, just look at the timeline. We've had riots in the streets. We, we have active political factions. Antifa, BLM, Proud Boy, uh, Boogaloo, Patriot Front, and various levels of government involvement in all the groups I just mentioned and more. We've had people from different political ideologies clash in the streets. Trump supporters have been executed in the streets. We've had, you know, whole entire chunks of cities taken over and occupied for weeks on end. We've had multiple attempts of assassination of various political officials, including successful attempts on assa- or successful assassinations of political leaders in this country. We've had a full lockdown where there was riots in the street. People stormed the Capitol. People have breached the Supreme Court during the Kavanaugh uh, uh, hearings. We have seen the political discourse in this country escalate to connect conflict multiple times in the past. And this is only one more step in that direction. And here's the thing. Abortion is a moral issue. You either think it's right or you think it's wrong. And there seems to be no longer any room for an in-between if both sides of this conflict get heated up at each other and draw and just draw closer and closer to actual conflict. 
But we'll go in this next article, which is just one story of many like this popping up all across this country right now, as the uh, pro and against abortion riots seem to only be starting. Uh, and that hopefully I'm wrong about this, but I feel like in the next coming days or so, you're going to hear more and more about this kind of uh, violent kinetic conflict as this unfolds. But let's get into the article from the Washington Examiner. Abortion right protests throw rocks and bottles at police in Los Angeles. You're no longer a protester when you're doing, you're throwing rocks and bottles at people. You're a fucking rioter. And that's okay, you know, sometimes you, you can't have, have change without, without some destruction. But at the same time, you know, don't call them protesters. You, you, words do have meaning. But anyway, this article is by Victor L. Nava. Let's get into it. An abortion right protest in downtown Los Angeles turned violent on Wednesday, leaving one police officer injured and leading to a citywide tactical alert to be declared. A group of 250 people marched from the U.S. courthouse to Pershing Square in downtown Los Angeles Tuesday night in a protest organized in response to the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion signaling that the high court would overturn the ruling of the 1973 Roe v. Wade case shortly after midnight, Eastern Time. Police said the group began blocking an intersection and at and that some threw rocks and bottles at officers quote a group of protesters began to take the intersection officers attempted to communicate clear and provide dispersal orders to the group the crowd began throwing rocks bottles and other objects at the officers one officer injured unknown extent citywide tactical alerts has been declared, the Los Angeles Police Department tweeted, for his on Twitter, a tactical alert allows the LAPD to redistribute officers to an area anywhere an emergency is taking place in order to have the manpower necessary to control the situation according to the agency and urgency. In a video of the protest shared on social media, two police officers attempted to arrest a man by wrestling him to the floor. A crowd gathered around the scene, and one officer in the scene using is seen using a baton against some of the protesters. In the video, it appears as though the man being arrested gets away. A scooter was thrown at the two officers by one of the protesters. If you want to see that footage, the article will be in the description. In another video from the Pershing Square, a Department of Homeland Security police vehicle can be seen with its black windows smashed, surrounded by protesters, with one person placing sheets of paper inside the car through the broken windows. Law enforcement officers from both DHS and LAPD were seen at the protest, some in riot gear, as the situation became chaotic. Protesters attempted to block police vehicles, and officers attempted to get through the crowd with their cars. It is unclear if any arrests were made during the protest. The Washington Examiner reached out to LAPD for comments. Hundreds of protesters gathered in front of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. after the documents leaked Monday night. 
The mood was initially quiet and somber, but turned louder and violent, with people chanting and some jolstering with each other as more people gathered around the high court. And that is the end of the last article for today's episode, where this morning's upload. Abortion right protesters throw rocks and bottles at police in Los Angeles, article by Victor I. Nava, again from the Washington Examiner. Folks, this is, well, first off, this is the part of the episode where I go into my thoughts on what's going on right now. This is just a very interesting situation to unfold to begin with. We have never had a leak of any kind from the Supreme Court, especially on such a hot-button topic, which has been at the forefront of the political landscape for 50-plus years. This has been a real hot-button issue, and it's gone through many reincarnations. It used to be a moral issue, and then it was like a religious issue, and then it became an issue of science, and now it's an issue of all the above, and throwing tribal and team politics in the culture war, as well as any other faction you can imagine in on this, and it's a real shit show. I lean towards this probably came from some sort of internal leak. Uh, The first thing that came to mind when I was hearing about this and reading into it is maybe it's tied to Kanji Brown in some way. The new appointed Supreme Court Justice that will be taking over when Breyer steps down. Now, she's not sworn in yet. She might not even have staff assigned to her yet. But it just seems so weird. And, And it's hard not to imagine that she's being given some inside information or someone's feeding her information from the inside. This administration, especially the being... The one thing I, I can say about this administration that I can't say about the Trump administration is I know for certain that this administration will play dirty at all. It, any opportunity is given, it will. Because it's tied not only to the Obama years, but Joe Biden has a close, intimate, personal relationship with both Bushes, uh, the Clintons, Obamas, and pretty much any other political figure family or figurehead over the last 40 years in politics. He's rubbed shoulders with just about everyone, probably more literally than I mean. So it wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past them to do some dirty shit. And with the magnitude of the response, you have riots outside the Supreme Court right now. It's large just protests, but there have been people attacking Capitol Hill police. There have been riots breaking out all across this country around this leak right now. As I said, the Los Angeles one is only one example. And it all happened so quickly after the leak came out. Right, and the riots are only getting more and more as more as this news story grows and spreads, and more and more outlets and more and more people get brought onto it. More and more people are taken to the streets to riot, and that tends to draw other groups that either want to take part in the rioting or take part in protecting normies from the rioters. Cue the culture war seeping in to the connect conflict on the streets. Much like slavery became a moral issue in this country, abortion is definitely a moral topic in this country. And, I, you know, there's no language in the Constitution that would allow for... and that, that talks about the abortion. However, there is a part of the Constitution that addresses this. For example, we go to the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution of America... 
the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the state are reserved to the states respectively or to the people, meaning anything the Constitution does not cover should immediately go to the state and the people of that state, meaning all states across this country, to vote on and decide themselves, meaning this from day one should have been a state issue. This should never have been a blanket problem solved by the federal government. The government can't solve problems. It only makes them the best it tries to uh, solve problems. It only ever makes them much, much, much worse in the long run. Now, this leak, this is lasting damage done to the Supreme Court. As justices now, unless somebody gets caught and properly are taken care of, this is going to cause distrust amongst justices. And you have to look at... It. So people are saying the Republicans got this out because they, they, they wanted it to, you know, be publicly known what's going on with it. Um, and to pressure other judges into falling in line. There's ideas that it's Sonia Sotomayor's uh, secretary who leaked it out to scare the conservative judges into voting. Uh, like, like would stir up, The idea was it would stir up riots and it would scare the conservative justices into voting in line with the Democrats, which is something we saw that worked during the election fraud arguments of 2020 when we had confirmed audio and PDF, excuse the fucking snoring, and PDF documentation that showed John Roberts was terrified of the idea that there would be riots if they took on the election fraud claims, so they push it off to the 5th Circuit Court. There's just a lot of hearsay being thrown around, and I have my own speculation and conspiracy theories on how this came out and why it came out. The midterms are right around the corner, Ukraine's not going the way they wanted to, people aren't scared of COVID like they used to be. So there's a, a deep state drive to find anything they can to stir because... The elite politicians, the, the the upper crest of the swamp, they need that villain. They need that thing to go after. And right now, Elon Musk isn't quite doing it for him because more people are overwhelmingly on the side of Elon Musk than they are on the side of you know the establishment trying to own Twitter. So they're trying to find anything they can potentially to have that that straw man target to attack and and and, and really go after leading to the midterms. Now, this just happened. As of the time we're recording, this is barely two and a half days old of a story. The investigation is only just now getting off of its feet. And maybe we'll figure out what's going on. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But as the story unfolds, we will keep you updated here. Um, there's not too much else to really add. It's just, I, I find it very fascinating. Just the point when this came up. And the fact that of all the things to be leaked from the Supreme Court, this is the first ever leaked from the Supreme Court as over one of the most contentious topics in the modern day political landscape. I don't know. It just smells like somebody had an agenda and who that is, we'll find out. You know, some people think it's this justice, that justice, the right, the left. I think it might have something to do with the new justice. But right now it's all speculations. And as the investigation continues, I shall keep you updated here on Inside Four Walls. That being said, I'm going to wrap up this episode. I shall talk to you guys later. Peace.
America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer.